0: Achei. try to nothing but you call me a citizen of hell. when I was born
1: Let the king of my heart be the mountain where I run, the fountain I drink from, oh, he is my song. Let the king of my heart be the shadow where I hide, the red song for my life, oh, Oh, let the king of my heart be the wind inside my sails. Thank you.
0: on to me God your holy night this way the night is holding on to me this God
2: Good morning, MPCC! We are so excited to have you here with us this morning. The past two Sundays, we've had the blessing of meeting together as a church body on campus. We encourage you to grab a beach chair, bring an umbrella, and come hang out with us on Sunday mornings. But for those of you who are continuing with us online, go ahead and feel free to text the word CONNECT to the number on your screen so that we can get connected with you and share some of our information. One of the biggest reasons that our Sundays have gone on so successfully is because of you guys continuing to serve. There's opportunities like passing out water bottles and helping great people that come onto the campus. It's really made the Sundays so special. So we encourage you to serve. Go ahead and text serve to the number on your screen to get more information on how you can be involved. As a church, one of the ways we love to worship is by giving. We've made this super easy for you guys. Go ahead onto our mobile app or our website and you can give right there. Last week, Pastor Mike launched us into a brand new series. Today, he's going to be speaking on a biblical perspective of anxiety. We're so excited to hear what the Lord has to say through him, so let's head on over.
3: A feeling of worry, nervousness, unease, typically having to do with uncertain outcomes, an abnormal and overwhelming sense of apprehension and fear, often marked by physical signs such as tension, sweat, increased pulse rate that affects one's ability to cope with everyday life. I'm sure you've picked up on what uh, God's put on my heart this week at Missionville Christian Church out of the Word, and it's simply about anxiety. How do we deal with anxiety? I've been doing a series we just started last week called What's Next? I, I think with everything going on in our culture, in our society now there's a lot of those questions going on well what's next tomorrow what's next for the school year what's next for my career what's next for my school career Um, what's next for relationships what's next physically with COVID going on Um, and I just believe that that can bring on a lot of anxiety when we start getting consumed with that kind of question now here's the thing about anxiety none of us none of us are immune to feeling anxious at times in life Why do I say that? Because that's what the word tells us. In Galatians chapter 5, the apostle Paul wrote a letter to the Galatian believers, and he was reminding these guys, hey, look, you're going to have the flesh that's going to war against your spirit, and you're going to have the spirit that's warring against the flesh. And it actually says in chapter 5, they are in conflict with one another so that you may not do what you want. And I think um, sometimes as believers, we've bought into this um, facade or this fantasy kind of Christianity that, well, when I accept Jesus, he'll solve all my problems. Not only solve my problems, but I'll have total peace. He'll pay my mortgage, I'll get good grades, my marriage is going to be perfect, my kids are going to be obedient, and life is just going to, you know, life is going to be awesome. And that's simply not the case. We live in a world filled with tension and temptation and Uh, bad things happen, and sometimes we can explain why, and sometimes we can't. We live in a world that's filled with anxiety. So how can we, as followers of Christ, be an amazing witness of God's peace? So I will admit to you that even as, um, not only as a follower of Christ myself, but as a father, as a husband, um, a pastor, there are moments that I will let anxiety overwhelm me. I um, was called by, uh, we had a call in the office a couple of weeks ago from a family who had lost a loved one recently, and they didn't have a church or a pastor, and they said, hey, um, could you uh, perform a funeral for our family? I said, absolutely. So I sat down over the phone uh, with this person, and they talked about their, their uh, parent had passed away, and I was taking copious notes. I was just, you know, uh, making sure that I wanted the uh, service to be very personal and biblical, and uh, uh, I just wanted it to honor Christ and celebrate their life. And so as I, I took those notes down, I, I must have put those notes somewhere. Well, what happened was um, I wanted to remind myself of those notes and go over them because the funeral's in a few days, and uh, I, I cannot find those notes. Can I tell you the last um, six hours of this very day I have been going through every piece of paper that I can find. Um, I've been going through every Bible that I have. I've been going through every drawer at home. I've been going through all my drawers at the office. I have absolutely been anxiety-stricken and consumed with the fact that I've lost this information. And so um, I have two choices. One, I could try and figure this out on my own, which would be option one. Or option two is I could humble myself and call this person and just be honest and say, You know, I'm so sorry. Um, I've lost my mom two and a half weeks ago, and my mind's been a little scattered. I lost those notes that I took down that we were talking about of your uh, mother that passed. Um, Would you mind if you could give me that information again? And why do I bring that up? Because I live in the very same world that you do. I understand that. I can't tell you that my very first response was, God is gonna work this out, it's gonna be okay. I had my moments of anxiety and it overwhelmed me and I brought fear and apprehension and I allowed all that stuff to consume me. And I only bring that up to say that I'm, I wanna get better at this. I want you to get better at this. I want us to be an amazing witness for Jesus Christ. We've got a world that's looking for peace. We've got a world that's looking for contentment and they're grabbing at every possible thing around them and nobody can find it. That's why our world is a mess. We need the peace of Jesus Christ. And not just say that we have it, but as believers, we need to live it. And that's what I want to talk about here in First Peter chapter 5. Peter is no stranger to anxiety. He's no stranger to fear. It is certainly something that followed him, even as he was a follower of Christ. And he dealt with, I think, almost every day of following Jesus Christ. So I'm going to read this text and then we'll just break it down here in First Peter 5 verses 6 through 9. And as you're turning there, if you have your Bibles, you can turn or you can just listen or you can pull out your smartphone. First Peter chapter five verses six through nine. This particular letter that was written in 1 Peter was written by the Apostle Peter to a group of followers of Christ who were in community together. And they had all kinds of temptation that was thrown their way. They had opposition, they had suffering, they even had uh, the government that was against Christianity and fighting against Christianity, and their temptation was to fight back and and grab their rights. And and Peter has some really good words here about their attitude. And so we'll start here in verse 6 through 9. Humble yourselves, believers, Pastor Mike, followers of Christ, Mission Vale Christian Church. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time here's the cool part cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you be alert and sober of mind your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour let's get this straight the word is very clear to us the devil doesn't like you he wants to tear you apart he not only wants to use you for target practice but he wants to devour and bring so much anxiety into your life that we and you and I lose our focus of what we're supposed to be doing in following Jesus. Um, I don't know if you remember um, years ago, uh, 9-11, that horrible uh, terrorist attack that happened on American soil. It was um, President Bush that was actually in a classroom, a second-grade classroom, when he got the news that there were two planes that crashed into the World Trade Center. It was at Emma Booker Booker School, second-grade class, He was actually reading a story to the class. There was one of his administrative assistants that quietly walked in and into the ear of the President of the United States. He said, Mr. President, America is now under attack. The second plane has just hit the World Trade Center. Question, you and I are under attack. Question, what are we gonna do? How are we gonna engage? how are we going to respond? Well, I think the word is so crystal clear here that he says, number one, I want you to humble yourself under God's mighty hand. God's hand was a figurative uh, way of speaking in the Bible that actually gave us a picture of protection, guidance, um, God's mercy, and also his creative hand over our life. And so there's a lot of comfort when we hear about God's hand God's guidance, His mercy. It also was a reference to His judgment, but this context it was definitely about protection, guidance, and His mercy. Isaiah chapter forty one verse ten says, "I will be upheld by Your righteous hand." The prophet Isaiah said. Ezekiel said, "The hand of God was with me." Isaiah chapter forty eight verse thirteen says, "My hand laid the foundations of the earth." And David said in Psalm eighty nine thirteen, "You are a mighty arm." a strong, strong arm and hand. So God's hand, I believe, not only is on us because of His Son, Jesus Christ, but His presence, the more that we walk with Him, the more that we fellowship with God, the more that we intimately know Christ, and we humble ourselves with an attitude of putting ourselves lower. It doesn't mean a Uh, lower class self. It doesn't mean that we have a poor self-image. It doesn't mean that uh, we're not, we think of ourselves less than. It just means that we elevate Christ so much and we understand our position before him that we certainly don't receive his, don't deserve his love and his mercy. We understand our position before him. In fact, I believe when we accept Jesus, our self-image actually comes up because we see ourselves as valuable to Christ. And I think Peter is wanting the people of God to know this, That it's actually an attitude that God is looking for. Humble yourself. It's a choice to make ourselves low. In fact, Philippians said it beautifully when Paul, the Apostle Paul, said um, that Jesus became a servant. He humbled himself, even death on a cross. So when Peter was writing this, it was personal. Peter understood this, he experienced a lot. He experienced face to face with Jesus. Do you remember when? Uh, Peter stepped out of the boat to walk on the water. Can you imagine walking on the water toward Jesus? And the moment that he took his eyes off of Jesus and onto the storm, obviously he got full of anxiety, he was full of fear, and he began to sink. He cries out to Jesus, and I love this because it's just a good reminder for us that Jesus reached out for Peter by his hand, and he rescued Peter from the depths of the sea. What what I'm reminded about this is that Peter was walking toward Christ. And even as he's walking toward Christ, he still fell. He still was overwhelmed by anxiety. He was overwhelmed by fear. So let's let's just put this to rest, that if we're Christian, if we're following Christ, it doesn't mean that we're immune to fear and anxiety. It can overwhelm us in a second. And we need, we need to know that our attitude of humility is that we can cry out to God at any moment and Jesus will be right there to rescue us. I, I'm thinking of another time that Peter, who wrote this letter, said, Lord, you can't go to Jerusalem. You simply cannot go. If you go to Jerusalem, they're going to kill you. They're going to crucify you like you prophesied. And I, I love Jesus' response. Get thee behind me, Satan. He, it wasn't Peter who was speaking. It was the enemy who had so overwhelmed Peter that Peter had opened up a door for the enemy to give him a perspective that was unbiblical. Jesus didn't leave Peter. Jesus didn't give up on Peter. Jesus didn't abandon Peter. He understood that Peter had anxiety and fear, that he was thinking like a man thinks, that he had conflict within him. And and I just love the fact that Jesus always remained consistent as Christians, I think we've fallen into the trap of, well, we're not really supposed to struggle. Uh, we're not supposed to battle. We're not supposed to, be, you know, have these moments where we feel like we take three steps forward spiritually and we take five steps back. And it's just going to happen because we live in a world that is full of anxiety and full of fear that's wanting to take us down. So how do we deal with this when we get stressed out, when we get fearful, when we are afraid, when anxiety overwhelms us like the crashing of the waves? I love verse number seven. I love it. Cast, I think of casting all of our anxieties on the Lord. I think of casting out, you know, when we go fishing out in the lake and we cast that line out and and it lands just, you know, hundreds of yards out there. I love that visual of just casting my cares on Jesus. Now, here's the thing. If you're like me, I love to cast out all of my anxiety and all my fears, all my apprehension to the Lord. I love verse six, but I can't love verse six without, I'm sorry, love verse seven without loving verse six. What we do, I think, is we miss the context of the scripture and we skip over verse six. Verse six says, humble yourself under God's mighty hand, and he will lift you up in due time. And then he says, cast all your cares. So if you're like me, what I find myself doing is doing a lot of work to cast all my cares on the Lord. But I'm, why am I still feeling stressed out? Why am I still having heart palpitations? Why am I still uh, stressed out, can't sleep, um, needing to take, uh, you know, anxiety pills and all the things that we do to try and, you know, get ourselves in a calm place? Could it possibly be that unless we humble ourselves, I never saw this before, that humility and casting all of our anxiety on him, it goes together. It, it, it's like hand in glove. This is the key. I really want you to hear me on this, that if we are to be followers of Christ, if we are to be examples of Jesus in a world that's looking for something of substance, we've got to be willing to humble Ourselves before God. That means I have to put away my pride. You know, I think about that word anxiety A N X I E T Y. What's in the middle of that word, I? Why, at times in my life, do I allow anxiety to get the best of me? Because I'm focused on I, I'm focused on me. When I get focused on me and my shattered dreams and my worries and my fears and all those things, I lose perspective, I can lose balance. What Jesus is teaching us today is that I got to get the stinking pride out. I got to push that pride down and it's it is something we just dig down deep and we choose to humble ourselves before God and before others. Another thing that's interesting is that word pride P R I D E i is in the middle of pride when i'm focused on well i can't do that i'll never be meant for that i don't know why i just i can't do this i can't sing like that i can't preach like this i don't have that talent i don't have enough money i don't have enough all the focus is on me rather than the focus should be on him i want to get to a place in my life where the only time i use that pronoun i is i can't follow you god without you. I, I, I can't parent without you. I, I can't finish my degree, God, without you. God, I can't finish this Christian race and win the race without you. God, I, I can't continue to pursue you and love you and want intimacy with you, God, without you. It's humbling ourselves. David said in Psalm 139, 23, and 24, Search my heart, O God, know my heart, test me, try me, and know if there's any anxious way in me, any offensive way in me, and lead me into the way everlasting. I I love David's heart, I love Peter's heart, and I love the Apostle Paul, how they all they understood the very secret of being able to cast all of our cares, all of our anxieties on Him is by humbling ourselves and then casting it out. It goes together. Casting all our anxieties on Him. We will feel, I believe, the peace of God. We'll be able to walk in the peace of God, and when anxiety comes, we'll know what to do if we're willing to humble ourselves before Him. You know, it's been said that when Billy Graham started his ministry of crusades all over the world, that he had two men with him, one on his right and one on his left, and those men had different gifts than Billy Graham did. And together, the three of those guys, just like Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are in perfect unity. Those guys were in perfect unity because they were exercising the very gifts that God gave them. And here's what they did. They knelt down at the White House back in the day in the 50s when you, you could actually go to the White House and kneel down and stand on the grass lawn in front of the White House. The three of them knelt down in a quiet moment and they humbled themselves and they prayed. And they said this, We don't care. Who gets the credit in all these crusades and all the things, God, that you want to do? God, as long as you get the glory. And because there was an attitude of humility, God's presence and his anointing used Billy Graham in such a powerful way. And this is not for preachers. This is not just for preachers or teachers of the word. This is is for all of us who call ourselves Christ followers. When I was in Hawaii, I remember that God put some guys around me that were pursuers of the Holy Spirit. They pursued God. They were on a chase after God, and they were chasing after the Holy Spirit. And one of those ways that was most effective in just going back and thinking about how God had used them to touch my life was the whole avenue of prayer. These guys knew how to pray, but but most importantly, as they learned to pray, they learned to humble themselves in prayer. I, I remember walking into some of these guys' prayer meetings And and there would be five or six of them and they'd just be kneeling down. Some of them tears streaming down their face because they understood their position before God. And their prayers were not just like, Lord, bless my day. But their prayers were like, Lord, I understand that I'm so undone without you. God, I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. God, I thank you that that you have poured yourself into me. God, I don't deserve your love. I don't deserve your Holy Spirit. I don't deserve to be forgiven, but I'm so grateful, God. And it was that kind of prayer and that kind of attitude that, that spurred on the Holy Spirit being so active in their life. These guys were able to walk in the face of anxiety and fear. Man, I learned from those guys, not because of what they said, but because of how they lived, and I, I, I want this so much to be such a teachable moment for us, that, that in this world, we are a mess. Our nation is in division. We got racism. We got economic problems. We got, a, we got a, 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 a COVID virus that is spinning out of control. We got people that are fearful. We got people afraid. What's next? I don't know. But what I do know is that when anxiety comes our way, we have one that we can go to, and if we humble ourselves and cast all of our anxiety on Him, then He will take it from us, and He will give us that peace. And I just share with you this very last moment here that I believe we're living, as the Bible says in Acts chapter 2, we're living in the last days. I don't know how many days are left, but we are definitely in the last days. And the last six to eight months of what we've been going through is just globally have pushed me, accelerated me into this gnawing that I seem to have on my heart that this is serious business. If you are a follower of Christ, it's no longer playing games, it's not just coming to a church service. And I hope this encourages you and, and challenges you. It's not about sitting in a church service and thinking that we're okay, because there may be a day when we aren't able to go to a church service. That we may have to meet in homes and we may have to secretly meet because I believe, I just sense that persecution is coming. And here's the question I have Are we really going to live for Christ if we don't have our church buildings, if we don't have church services? Are we going to live in faith or are we going to live in anxiety and fear? And my, my, my encouragement to all of us is to humble ourselves before God. Well, let's pray. God, I just, I thank you, God, that your word is so crystal clear. I thank you, God, that your word is powerful sharper than any double-edged sword, going to the heart and soul and marrow of a person's life. And I just, I just pray, God, for anyone that may have heard this or read your word in this moment, I pray, God, you will just convict us of how much you love us and, God, how much you want for us. And we're just simply here, God, as humble humble servants for you. I pray that you give us strength and I pray that you give us the power to humble ourselves before you and cast all those cares on you, God, because we know that you care for us. We love you, Lord, and we just give you this day in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if this has been helpful for you, I really want to encourage you maybe to share this message. Hope it's blessed your life. I hope it can help somebody else's life. And if you're ever in the area, we would love for you to check out our 10 o'clock Sunday morning services and just uh, we'll keep praying and keep following Jesus. See you next week.